Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the Bill to his Ted, Michael Howard. Excellent! That's all I got. <laughs> Is that the right one? No, I was... Did I just... I crossed streams on that. Yeah, I think you did. Damn it. You almost made me say party time, and I was I like... Know, I know, I was gonna... Sense. Hey, Michael, can I do this? Wild Stallions! <laughs> That's better. I was... I thought you were gonna say something about, um... How we're going to take them on an excellent journey. So I think what I did, um, I, I wanted to like say be excellent to each other. Yeah. But then I, I didn't. I re- <laughs> you just said excellent. Yeah, I just beefed it real bad. <laughs> I did Wayne and Garth instead of Bill and Ted. Yeah, yeah. Well, Don't worry, hey. that one's on the list, so you can just save it. Yeah, well, I blew it. I beefed it real. I wanged it. <laughs> Everything was wrong about that. Well, Michael, how you doing? Uh, You know what? Not too bad. How yeah. about yourself? I'm okay. You know, yeah. I'm just living the dream. My city is still crumbling to pieces. You know, whatever. What else happened this week? Oh, Michael, all sorts of things. There's a, there's a sinkhole directly outside of my building that is still under construction. Uh, Wait, the sinkhole? Why are they constructing a sinkhole? Well, they're I guess they're deconstructing, really. Uh, okay. But the entire street next to my office is closed down. Nothing mm-hmm. can go in or out of it. Um, I-75 was closed down today because of a suspicious package on a off-ramp. So no one could move anywhere. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's the whole the whole place is just bad. It's just bad. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um it was kind of funny. I was in a work meeting today and we uh part of the lab I work for does stuff for city, um like smart cities. Yeah. And they were talking about an event that they had where the city of Atlanta came because they're very interested in uh, you know, city infrastructure and smart cities. And uh it took everything within my power to not say like, "Oh, are they trying to figure out how to get it to stop burning and crumbling around them?" Well, Michael, it's interesting you bring that up because I, I feel, as a new citizen of Atlanta, the great city um, of Atlanta, that infrastructure crumbling around my very ears actually presents a unique opportunity <laughs> that many cities are not afforded because, you know, mostly we have to deal with your, your bullshit infrastructure that goes back 50, 60 years, mm-hmm. back to the Eisenhower days. Yep. We got all, we got a brand clean slate. Everything is crumbling. That's true. We, we can be so smart. That's true. You could just... Just blow it up, start again. Yeah. At this point, why not? Yeah. I mean, give me robot butlers <laughs> on the roads. I don't care. Give me whatever you want. <laughs> the whole city's crap now, so just rebuild it. Hey, speaking of robot butlers, um, th- there's a story that I read today that um, you remember when you were talking about those robot cops in like uh-huh. the malls in, in China? Yeah, they were just walking camera faces. Well, apparently we have them in the United States, too. There's, huh. there's a couple... Patrolling Google's campus, um, okay. and then also the Sacramento Kings have have bought one of these things. So they're safeguarding our, our most precious assets. Exactly is what you're telling yes. me. Yeah, apparently they're they're just equipped with like 360 degree cameras, and they're they're basic, and they can do like uh, they can catch license plates, and, and basically just like a, a very advanced security camera. Yeah, so it's no. not going to go RoboCop on you. I don't think it has. It doesn't have arms or anything. I mean, that's probably for the best. I mean, all things considered, I don't want a security robot chasing me down and tackling me and maybe killing me. Well, but if it if it recognizes my face and or license plate, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Yeah. So, Michael, we've had a busy week this week. Like, I feel like a lot of shit's happened. The world continues to crumble mm-hmm. into a fiery pit from hell. But we're but finally I- going to fucking take it to Canada. So, yeah, bringing all yeah. their soft lumber all up in here. Yeah, I, I'm not interested in North Korea, Syria, no. Iran. Don't Mm-mm. give a shit. No. But whatever the shit soft lumber coming from Canada is, which I assume is just two-ply toilet paper, <laughs> we're fucking done with it. Time for a 20% in, like, tariff on your shit. Yeah, we're and done I'm, with you, well, Canada. We're done with shit, you. I guess. We're done with you being a border to Wisconsin, you know? Yeah. Iowa, all those it, states that it borders. You're sticking it to our... Dairy farmers somehow, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna charge a twenty percent import tax on soft lumber. Which again, Michael, one, the only kind of toilet paper I buy either has a puppy or a bear on the cover, mm-hmm. and I buy it on sale. And if my sale is now the normal price for for toilet paper, and the toilet paper price is now twenty percent higher, I'm not gonna be happy because my puppy and or bear will be twenty percent more expensive, and I'm on a budget. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. And I'm really, so we don't need to get too much into this, but is there a conflict on the planet, no matter how big or small, that the United States is not currently escalating? (laughs) 
Because I don't um, think there is. <laughs> no, actually, yeah. I, uh, I think we found every pie on the planet and have stuck our fingers and or dicks into it. Yep. I actually saw two people arguing on the sidewalk earlier, and they they were about to, you know, shake hands, and then just out of the loudspeaker, Trump was like, hey, fuck that guy. Yeah. And they just started fighting again. It was crazy. Yeah. He put his dick into it. Yeah. It's a it's a time to be alive. <laughs> it is a time. Yeah. That is for sure. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about toilet paper. Mm-hmm. So I have a I have a nice story and I I have a feeling we talked about this very briefly in cryptic terms that we may be about to say talk about the same story, but Okay, hey. Hey, do you want to read the headline of your story at the same time that I read the headline of my story? <laughs> and just see what happens? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, okay, let's count it down. Are right. you ready? Yeah. All right. Three, two, one. Man Chinese shoves doctors live eel to cure constipation, nearly dies after eel burrows their intestines. Michael, yep, you did that's finish it. yours. That's it. Chinese doctors remove live eel from constipated man's stomach after folk remedy fails him. Okay, so I got the front end of the headline. You got yep. the second. Okay. Yep, I got Interesting. it. Interesting. So, yeah, Michael, tell us about this story. <laughs> well, uh, this poor man apparently was having some constipation issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just couldn't do his business. Yeah. Um, and apparently there is a folk remedy that I've never heard of. Maybe that's because I don't live around a lot of live eels. Mm-hmm. But apparently it says that if you um, insert a live eel into yep. your into your uh, into your butt, yeah, then it will burrow through the the your business, yeah, and it will uh, it'll loosen it up so you can get it out. I mean, Michael. So I mean, I've I've been constipated before. Mm-hmm. I've had issues. I just kind of wait. <laughs> <laughs> Like, how bad would it have to get before you were like, yeah, no, a live eel up my bumble. I'll be very honest. like a good I idea. was to the point of almost tears, and I had not yet considered shoving an eel up my mm-hmm. bee hole. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a couple problems with that. He can really only go one way. Right. Right? So, like, he can't turn around and come back out, and even if he could, he probably isn't going to. Right. Which well, means that at some point the eel has to get out of you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know this about eels, but they have very sharp teeth. I've heard. Yes. So when the eel wants to get out of you, it's going to burrow through your innards. Yeah. Through so your soft, I'm going to read a paragraph. So this was sent in by our Shanghai cub reporter, Jen. Jen, uh, Jen not going to say her last name. <laughs> Eat that, censors. Uh, so uh, here's here's the thing. During the operation, they were surprised to find the 50-centimeter-long eel, which is about 20 inches long, swimming around inside him. The eel had broken through his intestines, creating a mess inside his abdominal <laughs> cavity that nearly killed him. Fortunately, they were able to extract the eel and save Lou's life, They, though it's not clear if they managed to cure his constipation. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that they cleaned him out while they were there. Yeah, just, like, do me a favor. Yeah, like, like do me a solid. Yeah. Well, yeah, do get there. <laughs> <laughs> Very solid. Get rid of these solids. Um, Michael, this goes, we were talking uh, when you were here uh, last week just about the state of probably most Westerners' intestines. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the veracity of this claim, but I remember reading, like, when I was maybe 15, that John Wayne, when he died, had uh, 20 pounds of undigested red meat in his colon. <laughs> and I was like, Maybe that guy could have used an eel. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the eel the eel would have taken care of that. Like, but undigested red meat? That means, like, he ate so much that his, his stomach it didn't couldn't even keep time. up with it? Like, he, he ate a 42-ounce steak the night he died. And just like, <laughs> all right, we're going to, we can't handle it. You're an old man. Not going to work. I did read a fun fact that the human body has between, like, 4 and 10 pounds of feces in your colon at any given moment wow we're really starting this episode off yeah no yeah it's a it's that kind of took me by surprise that's a lot that's a lot of poop yeah yeah Yeah. well michael before we get into my corollary story which i do have a corollary story okay even if if you were open to the idea of an eel being shoved up your butt to like just kind of root you out real quick get get rid of all that evil in you yeah i'm listening would you accept a 20-inch-long eel? You know, that's 
I'm sure, you know, you, everyone's gotten a pinky up there before. You know, that's just... <laughs> that's, that, a, that's a that's lot the, of eel. That's the run of business. That's but, a uh, lot of eel. But, you know, if you think about eel. it, if you think about it, one of the things we always learn in school is that your small intestine and large intestine are like, I don't know, half a mile long or something. Uh, I mean, yep. it's not really that, but it's like several feet long. So you 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 feel, you figure he's got to, it can't just be like a worm, you know? Yeah, but it's got to get up in there if you're really going to root it out. I'm going to be very honest with you. This eel that's in the picture that is at least in my article is yeah. pretty significantly thick and big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I'm mm-hmm. not interested in this some bitch anywhere near me. I'll be very honest yeah, with you. I feel like maybe yeah, it said the the head was as large of a, as a ping pong ball. It's very large. So like I feel like he didn't get the gist of the maybe this something was lost in translation. They were like, not an eel. It was like like an earthworm, maybe. Or like a very small eel, like a baby eel. Yeah. Because Michael, like that's way, big enough. That's big enough that even if you weren't constipated, you would now be constipated because there was an eel blocking all of your all of your uh your through tubes. If yeah, you Michael, will. by the way, we've we've really spread a lot of misinformation in this show. Yeah. Not just about the Bible, but um I'm gonna. I just have to fact check you. Um, the small intestine is maybe 20 feet long. That's what the, I said. You said half mile. I and, then I I went back and I said I, no, it's not that long. It's like it's like 10 feet or something like that. And the large intestine is five feet long. Right. So, so it's once like again, this gentleman 25 has five feet. Okay. Again, this is a large eel in a pretty <laughs> confined space. I, I would be more like give me a garter snake at most. I, if you, you have to what? shove a live thing up my butt. I'm wondering if this has nothing to do with his constipation. Okay, well, Michael, let me shift gears to a better story. And you know what? If it wasn't, to each his own. Um, that's a good excuse. Yeah, I guess. It's an okay excuse, for sure. Michael, can I read you a headline? Please do. Uh, so this comes from Thailand. Corollary story. Okay. Witch doctor killed by revengeful family after curse allegedly stops husband from defecating. So a, a witch doctor put a curse on this man. No, incorrect, sir. No, he didn't. Well, no, he was. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> so the witch doctor was killed. Right. Uh, because he, he put a curse on this man to keep him from pooping. Yeah, so this man was constipated. Yep. And, uh, you know, rather than simply, merely shoving a 20-inch long eel up his rectum. With the head of a ping pong ball. Yes. Um, you know, he, uh, he couldn't poop. So his family, this is a 61-year-old man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, no, sorry. I apologize. Uh, the 61-year-old witch doctor oh, okay. was found dead after the family of the man who had been unable to poop. Hired a hitman who shot the witch doctor 15 times in the anus <laughs> to absolve the curse and uh, seek revenge for past curses. Oh, oh man. I like, I don't want to laugh because somebody died, but he died by getting shot in the pooper 15 times. F- 15 times. Um, Oh. So, one, being shot 15 times anywhere, not ideal. Just for this guy, not on my top 10 list. No. But I feel like if I had to go, <laughs> and like in revenge for uh, allegedly a constipation curse, getting shot in the b-hole 15 times, not the worst way to go. It's not the best way to go either, because I Can feel we, like I, would... I want to... There's so much I want to say. I want to record this entire thing, re-record the entire thing. <laughs> like... You would probably survive the first couple shots. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm. I have. I'm very. I'm very mixed on this. <laughs> as as a way to seek revenge, like if someone had actually cursed me to constipation, like if that was a real thing that actually happened to real people, <laughs> I would fully take revenge on them by shooting them in the butthole fifteen times. But it's not. But so they hired feel, someone to do it. They hired a hitman. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you're how do you a hitman, even how do you pay? Do you do you advertise that he's going to get to shoot someone in the butt fifteen times, or do you just say like, "Hey, this is the deal. He's cursing people to constipation. Do what you have to do." So, in my head, this was sort of just like a creative flair from the hitman. <laughs> 
who just like he learned about like what the situation was and he's like you know what i could just dispatch him summarily like my normal jobs or i could really send a message to witch doctors don't fuck around with constipation no one wants to deal with that shit we're tired of of all these eels off our bummels we don't have enough eels xlax is not readily available please Mm -hmm. stop cursing us yes the only eels we have left are these giant 20 inch long eels and they quite simply cannot get the job done without killing us. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, wow. I. I and don't know if I've ever is, hated someone that much. Well, we we yeah, we've talked about this before. Uh, just the levels of hate. My question is: Is the curse gone? Right. That's an important. That's an important piece of information that we're missing here. Has this man pooped? Because if he has, then it's all worth it. If he still can't poop, then it wasn't worth it. Hmm. Hmm. So here's another wrinkle. Yeah. Apparently, and let me let me do a quick conversion. Uh, so apparently, the family of this man had uh, contacted the witch doctor to remove the curse, but he asked for one hundred thousand baht. Shalla walla 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 ding dong or whatever the witch doctor says. Wow, you are so racist. Oh my goodness. No, it's from the fucking song. Uh-huh. I called the witch doctor. He told me what to do. He said, ooh ee, ooh ah ah, ding tang, wada wada bing bang. Well, I'm really embarrassed by how racist you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I have recently seen Alvin and the Chipmunks uh, Adventure Around the World. And that movie's great. Pretty racist. Uh, so, by the way, he asked for about $2,900 to remove the curse. The family could not come up with it. Uh, so they decided that he must have been the one who cursed him uh, and decided to kill him in revenge. So, mm. oddly enough, the uh, the price to remove the curse was 100000 baht. Uh-huh. Uh, the price to kill him, to hire the gunman, was 3 million baht. Um. So they would rather... Raise a lot more money. 30 times as much. Yep. To kill him rather than just paying him to get the curse removed. Yes. Okay. Yes. That, yeah, that is a special kind of revenge. That's like that's like how much John Wick hates everybody. Thing is, John Wick doesn't hate people until they cross him. Right. But like so. everyone's trying to cross him, so he has to kill everybody. Spoiler alert, listen to our John Wick and John Wick places uh <laughs> to understand that joke. But um yeah. I don't I don't know the level of hatred I would have to have to like spend that much money to kill them. It seems like a lot. Kill Jesus. Bugs. Sorry, sorry, that was loud. I left my door open because it was a lovely summer or spring evening here. I was reading a book and drinking some wine on my porch, and now my apartment is infested with flies. Well, that's what you get. That's on me for enjoying a nice summer day. Mm-hmm. Michael, what else do we got on the dock? I feel like we've talked a lot about poop and murder today. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I do have the story about the annual cow dung cake battle. Hmm. Uh, hmm. But if well, we want to, if we want to get away from from poop, hey, well, I mean, I have a, I have a nice uplifting story let's not walk away from our wheelhouse my friend (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna shift i'm gonna shift great so we've talked a little bit about the i guess techno buddha yes a little bit back in the day about uh dropping some dropping some beats if you will Mm -hmm. well there is a 82 year old woman in japan known as dj sumirak who is, she took up DJing at 70 years old, and she has been going strong. Okay. So, <laughs> there are some great pictures of her with, she's flicking off the camera. She's Hell wearing yeah. some, like, like fucking Diplo-style glasses. Um, <laughs> she's She says, when I spin the tables, I just want to match the beat, choose the right music, but the best thing is for the audience to enjoy themselves. <laughs> and so she transcends the wide generation gap, and she's actually, like, very popular on the Tokyo nightclub scene. <laughs> uh, Michael, I've been to Tokyo. I've seen the Tokyo nightlife scene. I'd probably see her show. I'd watch uh, that show. Guess where her show is? Tell me. It's in Shinjuku, <gasps> where we were out 
we could have seen DJ Sumirak, the 82-year-old Japanese grandma. Instead, we chose to get swindled by some Nigerian gangsters <laughs> who have apparently taken, taken over most of Shinjuku, which, you know, is its own it's its own reward in its own way. So yeah. So I next time, one a bit. next time we go to, to to Tokyo, we need to find Deca Bars. Okay, uh, which is in the heart of the Shinjuku district. Um, although she says she hopes to one day break into the New York club scene. Yeah, I hope she does too. One so, day when yeah. she's eighty-five or so, like when she's put it <laughs> when she's paid her dues and really kind of given back to the community <laughs> a little bit. But I thought this was just a great story. Like you hear about like eighty-two-year-olds like swimming you know or doing iron mans or marathons or whatever and you're like or oh. like some young punk tries to steal their wallet and they yeah. go all, yeah that's <laughs> and you're like oh cool whatever but like she just decided i'm gonna be a dj at it's seven like, oh, years old oh people do have value to offer the world <laughs> hey that's pretty neat and like, i actually mike I'm, I'm actually like i I've, i was a little flip there it's fucking great because i have literally no idea what i want to do with my life right now like mm-hmm. i'm like you know, in my head, I'm like, I'm going to be a woodworker in 20 years. I'm not going to be a fucking woodworker. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to whittle. Yeah, I'm just going to whittle a <laughs> battleship. I really fucking love that she, like, she's like, yeah, you know what? I fucking love raves. I'm 82 years old. Hello. Yeah. I mean, I've often said that I don't want to be old because there's just so many things that can go wrong. And I, I say that literally every day, and I every day I get older, and it's bad. I have not lived the best life as far as, like, health is concerned. Um, and so I'm, I'm worried that, you know, so, something I've done, I did in college is going to come back to haunt me. Like when I'm 65, um, Michael, that's a, actually, that's a thing. Let me, let's, let's riff on that real quick because okay. there was a study this week that came out that like all diet, like another one, shockingly that all diet sodas, including like Coke zero are like very bad for you and will cause like dementia and Parkinson's and all this bad shit. I have heard that. Yes. And the aspartame, so- especially, I mean, a while back, right? Like aspartame was, yeah. Like, but like, There's- it turned out it just caused cancer in rats if you gave them like a hundred thousand times a normal dose or whatever. <laughs> right, exactly. So there's that, and then I don't know. There, one of the some study came out that, uh, you know, you'll get cancer in your fifty. <laughs> like it, it, some sort of like more prevalent study that like something doing something will cause cancer in your fifties more prevalently, mm-hmm. but. I'm just under the assumption that all this shit that our parents gave us in the 90s has already given me cancer. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting it no matter what. Because the 90s were fucking buck wild and terrible. Like, no, (laughs) there were no rules. It was just grunge music and get as horny as you want and be, like, weird about shit. And literally eat just as much processed bullshit as you could get your hands on. Yeah, like, if... If I'm destined for cancer, I already I'm there. Like, there's nothing I can do to derail that train because of all the bullshit. Like, there was a year that my parents fed me nothing but Burger King. Like, yeah. no joke. I ate Burger King every also, day. Also, all that all that spam. Oh hell yeah, that spam though. Mm. Oh my god. So Kush, you you talked about the the Taylor ham. Yeah. Did you get the some? Taylor pork? I did not. But there was an article about the best sandwiches in like each state. Yeah. And. That was the number one sandwich in whatever state it was from, New Jersey or... Probably New Jersey. Yeah. I, Michael, uh, I, ain't, I ain't joking with you. Taylor no, Ham is the king of breakfast There meats. was pictures of it. It looked amazing. No. And now I want... Like, I don't want to go to New Jersey, but if I happen to have to be in New Jersey, I will definitely get one of those. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, so, folks, it's in Publix, and you can probably get well, it. Well, I don't uh, have a Publix, Dick. Wow. Okay. I was going to... No, you qualified rubbed it, it in. You were rubbing it in. It's going to qualify that I can't get it to help tendies. you out. Anyway, <laughs> get some Taylor ham, put it in your mouth. All I'm saying is, if I have cancer, or if I'm destined for cancer, it's because of stuff that happened in the 90s that I have mm-hmm. no control over, and my parents just didn't know any better. So at this point, why should I not do all the ve- other bad things? Yeah, I mean, you're already there. Yeah, like I can't mitigate it. Like, if I'm going to get cancer, I played with GAC, for Christ's sake. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that we're in trouble. I, I'm fairly certain GAC was made of just nuclear waste that just, they like Nickelodeon just sent to kids. Yeah. In their moon shoes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did read an article that, like, actually a majority of cancers are, are, are hereditary or just happen just because you get old. And, like, the reason there's there's more cancers now is just we're better just at live it. longer. Yeah. And your cells can only uh, do the right thing so many times. Yeah. 
That's fair. I mean, so I mean, you may as well just you know eat asbestos and uh, you know smoke cigarettes. And, this is uh, not shove, an official and shove eels, an, shove eels nope. right up your beehole. None of these are official TILP <laughs> endorsements whatsoever. Um, but Michael, uh, so that kind of leads us into a little bit of a thing. Um, there was a story out today that uh, scientists have created a artificial womb to help, gr- like uh, prematurely born lambs, kind of come to full term. Really? Yeah, and uh, they're thinking about. I'm mostly bringing this up because one of my friends on Facebook is my old boss. Actually, the gentleman who coined Tuna Restless mm. uh, had a word that I fucking loved that uh, I have to share with you. It's Marsu people. <laughs> Just people grown in a sack. <laughs> but I, I do feel like we're getting so much better on certain things. Like, yes, cancer is possibly inevitable. We're going to, we're, Getting better at fixing and treating and all that stuff. We're getting better at helping people, like, fixing a lot of maladies, mm-hmm. including premature birth and, like, possibly growing, like, humans outside of the body, which would be kind of incredible. But the word Marsu people is too funny to not bring up on this podcast. <laughs> uh, that's a great word. And it, it conjures up visions that just kind of make me giggle. Yeah, um, just like, I'm going to hop around with my Joey in my sack. <laughs> man, a lot of people would be a lot more likely to have babies if you didn't have to grow them inside of you and then push them out. Yeah. Like, okay, so one of one of our friends on Facebook is pregnant. She just reached 39 weeks full term, mm-hmm. and she posted a screenshot from one of those apps that tells you how big your baby is at every moment, right? And it said, you're 39 weeks. Your baby's the size of a fucking watermelon. And it's like, I feel like you should temper that a little bit because a watermelon having to get out of you seems, I mean, I... Aggressive. It seems rather, very I'd, aggressive. I'd rather have an eel chew through me <laughs> and find its own way out. Yeah. And so I feel like they, I mean, I guess you have to prepare them. But like, if you could grow that watermelon in a sack, if you could yeah. have it be a little marsu person. Well... So I will say, and again, neither of us are women. Let's just qualify that again. I will say, having uh, previously dated a uh, a midwife in the past, I do know there is a lot of value in the birth process to a human being, to a human baby. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like the physiology, like the physical stuff of it. I, I can't speak tonight. Uh, there's an impact to it. It's important. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yep. I will say. For, like, premature births and keeping, like, babies alive and, like, you know, healthy yep. beyond outside the body. Very, it's it's really cool. But also the word marsu people. Yeah. <laughs> That's very important. Because one time somebody uh, explained it to me like this. They said, like, trying to push a baby out of a female vagina is like trying to squeeze a lemon out the end of your penis. Mm-hmm. So just think about that. Yeah. And then think about whether you would ever do that given the choice. Given the choice. Given the choice. You're like, hey, there's this lemon inside your balls. It either has to come out your penis or we could just not do that part. So like a 20-inch eel coming out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Michael. Okay. Speaking of 20-inch eel or speaking of eels and urethras, have you ever read this story about this this tiny Michael, this is the dumbest thing we've ever talked about. No, this is important. This fish in the Amazon that, that swims up the stream of your pee up, and bites yeah, it. it yes, I've heard it, Michael. I've yes. heard all of it. I also read Choose Your Own Adventure books in middle school. I, to this day, I am terrified to go into like lakes and rivers and places. Like I wouldn't, I didn't want to go kayaking in Costa Rica because sometimes you get water in your kayak. And I was like, no, because a fish is going to swim on a pee hole. And that sounds just absolutely painful. Yeah. Does every any do you have this fear at all or am I crazy? Well, one, I've never been to South America, so if I do go, I will not pee into a body of water because I'm not an idiot. But I'm pretty sure I've read I've that's been debunked. They don't they're not able to mm-hmm. swim. Sure, because they don't want they don't want to ruin tourism. Right. Okay, so you're big parasite. You're yeah, a, big, <laughs> big parasite is writing a lot of op eds in the Washington Post. Like, that's nah, fine. Come on down. Um, this is so my sister in law, like after my nephew was born. Uh, so in Gainesville, where I, I used to live, there's a lot of uh, natural springs. 
Mm-hmm. You know, water gushing from from the aquifer, the Florida aquifer. You can you can tube down it. You can kayak down it. It's very nice. The water is a lovely, brisk sixty eight degrees coming out of the ground. Perfect. And she she did not want to let my nephew go into the water or anywhere near it until he was like three or four because she was terrified of brain amoebas, which <laughs> were a thing a couple years ago that you know everyone was freaking out about. Which I understand. I would not want to get let my kid. Get a brain amoeba. No, that's, I mean, I would definitely, I, w- I don't want to let anyone get a brain amoeba. But I'm pretty sure brain amoebas can only, like, form in water that's, like, over 85 degrees for, like, a significant amount of time. So, like, mm. lakes lakes in, like, Indiana get this a lot. Like, you don't mm. want to go swimming in, like, a stagnant lake. You don't want to go to Indiana at all, though. Let's no, ra- you know, I'd prefer not to. But, like, if you have free-flowing water that's 68 degrees, you're probably going to be fine. Probably. But there you might th- get a fish up your pee hole. My point is, you can mitigate your factors. Like, <laughs> hey, maybe you don't pee into the fucking river. Like, Look, avoid- I don't know. I don't know what they can do. If they can Michael, swim up the pee hole, if I'm peeing, why couldn't they just swim up the pee hole on their own volition? Uh, here's the thing that, um, you know, my brother invented. <laughs> he's he's going to love this story. <laughs> um, there was one day after a, uh, one evening, rather, following a... Uh, Florida Gators National Basketball Championship. I believe it was 2006. Um, mm. We drove to campus to go celebrate along. Was this when uni- we tried to take down the goalposts on the, the practice field? No, this was basketball, not uh No, so yeah, no, we, be, we be tried to do that for the basketball game. I, don't, I, <laughs> I think this is 2007. Um, so <laughs> my brother and I, and uh, we're, we're – we were running to University Avenue. He had to pee very badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so rather than just stopping to pee into a bush, uh, he invented something called the Gator Tornado, uh, where he <laughs> spun around in a circle peeing as far as he could, uh, which I feel like is the best anti-parasite defense you can really get. They can't they can't sp- swim up it if you're spinning around. That's true. At a million miles an hour. That's true. So if I'm in a lake in South Africa or South, wow, South America, or actually anywhere, and I'm spinning around in a circle, uh, just stay away from me for a few. No, all I'm saying is that if you don't want to get parasites to swim up... I know, and I'm afraid of them in every body of water, so like... No, Michael, I'm saying... I'm if doing you, that. Michael, I'm, here, here, here's an official Trends in Low Places <laughs> endorsement. If you don't want parasites in your penis... Only pee while spinning around as fa- as fast as you possibly can at every possible opportunity. So yeah. you're in a, a urinal at the Olive Garden. Yep. Spin around. I don't care. What do you care? Someone will clean it up and you won't get a parasite. You don't know what's in that Olive Garden urinal. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're that worried about it, only spin around as fast as you can. I got it. I'm, Michael, this it. is the dumbest episode we ever recorded. You keep saying that every single time we record an episode. But this is actually it. <laughs> This is actually the one. And I, I you know, I had high hopes for this one because we had we have fifteen notes on the on our on our board and none of them have come to fruition. Mm, I mean we got we got a couple. There's uh Yep, constipation right there. We did that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Michael, you have one on here that, that I really want to talk about. What is the radioactive boy scout? Uh so this is actually a, a very interesting story. It's it's it was a pretty cool story. So apparently in 1994, a man named David Hahn, he was 17 years old at the time, and he tried to build a homemade breeder reactor, which is a yep. nuclear reactor, in his mom's shed in his backyard. Yep. Uh-huh. And he, the way he did was uh, he, he basically collected a bunch of radioactive materials from um, old smoke detectors and... Other random clocks, like old clocks used to have radium in them. Uh, thorium used to be in some uh, camping lanterns. Uh, americium in smoke detectors. He basically collected a bunch of this crap. Um, and then he used lithium from batteries to purify the ash um, and try to create a breeder reactor using these, using trying to turn thorium into uranium, basically. Okay. So... <laughs> Apparently, he was coming back from collecting some of this radioactive material when he got stopped by the cops. Uh-huh. And they found all this radioactive material on him, and they went to his house, and they were like, Oh, shit. You're emitting dangerous levels of radiation about a thousand times normal uh, radiation. And they actually declared his mom's property a Superfund site. <laughs> site. Oh, no. <laughs> Which... Is amazing to me that like in 1994, 
the 17 the 17 year old kid just i mean they said that he wasn't you know that close to creating an actual nuclear reactor but he was doing some shit that 17 year old shouldn't be doing and that it amazes me that someone was able to do in 94 before the internet right like he just had to figure this shit out there's that and also i don't know like i feel like times have changed so much since the 90s like we were talking earlier just about like a couple things from like 90s to today but if this if someone was a st- like building a small nuclear reactor in their like <laughs> bedroom today like and I, I remember a couple episodes we talked about like some kid who like was making fart noises in class and like Neil Gorsuch was like you know our new yep. supreme court associate justice he was the only dissenting opinion to be like yeah i don't know sometimes kids fart in class like <laughs> That's fine. Um, <laughs> like, I can't imagine if a kid who did this in the 90s did it today, like 20 years later. He's going to Guantanamo. Yeah. Like, they, he, would, he would be like, they would just send him underneath the surface of the earth. Like, it, like, there's no sort of recourse. I don't know. Everything's gone so far into the terms of, like, we got to protect yeah. everybody. He's like, I don't know. Maybe we should just help this kid figure out his clearly brilliant brain and like, <laughs> like figure shit out. Yeah, yeah. I, like, if this happened today, this kid would be, like, thrown into Guantanamo and not be like, I can I go back to Goodwill Hunting? <laughs> like, well, this guy Go- was definitely not given a job anywhere. Exactly. But it was like, if if Goodwill Hunting showed up, like, today, like, just like, <laughs> I'm brilliant, yeah, I'm, I'm a janitor. It's like, oh, yeah, well, fuck you. We're going to put you in jail because you're doing something wrong. I don't know. <laughs> you assaulted a man at a diner. You're done. Yeah. Unfortunately, the reason I came across this story was because the... Uh, he died last September at the age of 39. Um, <laughs> and the, the radioactivity, yeah. The, actually, the article, you know, the article came out like, you know, a couple days ago. And it was basically like, hey, the autopsy came back from this guy who was the, uh, you know, the radioactive Boy Scout. And he actually didn't die from radiation poisoning. Eel up the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it was alcohol poisoning. Oh. Uh, which is sad. Up uh, the apparently. ass. No, no, he did not butt chug alcohol until he died. No. Um, but I came across this other story um, because apparently he inspired some other people. And a young man named Taylor Wilson at the age of 14 um, became the youngest person to produce nuclear fusion. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in 2008, he did this. Man, I have a hard time. Like, Michael, I'm about to be 32 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty close. You're a little older than I am. I hear stories about folks that are like figuring shit out like this at 14 that I don't even understand how it works at like <laughs> 30 plus. Fuck. Like it makes me happy to know that they're out there. Like I like it's I'm overjoyed that people like there is there's the next generation of Elon Musk already doing good shit. Mm-hmm. But fuck, do I feel like a failure? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean like look, I you know, I consider myself a a decently smart person. Sure. Um but yeah, no, I, th- I mean, this is unbelievable. He he entered a science fair in 2010, and his project was titled Fission Vision, the detection of prompt and delayed induced fission gamma radiation and the application to the detection of proliferated nuclear materials. Yes, quiet. Yeah, when he was 16, this was the stuff he was doing. What were yeah. you doing at 16, Kush? I'm pretty sure my 16-year-old science project was, hey, look, a potato makes a light bulb light up. <laughs> I did a study where I put different uh, types of sweeteners in my backyard and saw which ones drew the most ants. So it was like sugar and then like Splenda, or I guess Splenda wasn't around, but like uh, Sweet and Low or Equal or whatever. Um, So yeah, that's what I was doing. What gave, you know, you should have really tweaked it. What gave ants the most engorged prostate? (laughs) That would have really impressed some people, but you drop the ball if i if i had to examine ants prostates i that, that probably would have been way more um way more innovative yeah no again do, like, do ants have prost i don't think ants have prostates i'm sure they do. they have like a thorax yeah and a, and a it's, brain it's, that's it's pretty much th- it it's three parts the the head the thorax and the prostate okay <laughs> and six legs <laughs> by the way the ants preferred the sugar in case you're wondering no, that makes a hundred percent sense because of evolution and whatnot. <laughs> well, yes, and all of the ants who went to the other ones, they got cancer and died. Hmm, weird. Yep. Well, speaking of <laughs> getting cancer and dying <laughs> because of sugar, 
Michael, what do you know about unicorn frappuccinos? Um, I know that they sound absolutely horribly disgusting, and mm. apparently Starbucks employees do not want to make them. Yeah, so I know there's there's this weird like narrative going on because it's it's just absurd looking like terrible sugar smoothie from Starbucks that just looks horrendous. Uh, it's like teal and pink and beige and just very bad and like well the, it apparently tastes like a sweet tart yeah apparently it, it, it's just this drink of sugar and cream it's like no it's nothing that starbucks has any business doing but um i think it was like i can't tell if it was originated because of like a unicorn sort of like makeup style with that followed that like teal and pink and teal like style Mm -hmm. or if that followed it but i know there's this theme of like it just being like a like a basic white girl sort of drink (laughs) i'll go ahead and say the only people i've seen drinking it in a real physical space were two two super white men walking down the streets of atlanta while i was on a run the other day and they were both clearly fucking in love with it and i was like all right drink that sugar So, yeah, I mean, you know, dudes can be basic bitches, too, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it says it's white mocha, mango, and sour sugar powder. It sounds like the grossest thing on the goddamn planet, if I can be fully honest with you. I was talking with Rachel about this. Nothing pisses me off more than when I go into Starbucks in the morning. Like, not in the middle of the day. You know, in the morning when people are trying to get to work, and the person in front of me orders a goddamn Frappuccino. Because... (laughs) I know it's going to take that barista like five minutes to make this goddamn drink. And I'm going to have to be waiting for my freaking iced coffee because they can't just give you the iced coffee like they do the hot coffee. It has to go through the barista to put it in, put the fucking thing out of the pitcher onto some ice. And so I have to wait behind. And it's like you clearly don't need caffeine because they don't have caffeine in them. You're just ordering breakfast for I mean, you're ordering a fucking shake for breakfast right right now. And I'm having to wait behind you. Like, they should be banned. It should be like, you know when you t- go up to a, um intersection and it's like no left turn between the hours of like 4 and 7 because it's rush hour? Well, no fucking frappuccinos between the hours of like 6 and 10 p.m. or a.m. Order a goddamn coffee like a normal person or get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Hard no, stance. I, I'm fluid. No, it's one of those things like you think about like McDonald's who they're all of their... Their money is built on how quickly can we get all of you assholes through this line as quickly mm. as possible. Yep. Which, while breakfast all day seems very appealing to me, the consumer, oh, yeah. for them, if I can order a fucking McGriddle at 7.30 p.m. and not 7.30 a.m., that really throws off all their shit and it makes yeah, well, everything else back you're up. You're supposed like- to order like cheeseburgers and Big Macs, which they've already made like 37 of and they're sitting underneath the heat lamp. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's just one of the, I, when I walk into a Starbucks, I'm just like, make coffee, give me coffee, <laughs> and like if you can mainline it into my face as quickly as possible, that's great. Oh, great, you ordered a drink that has 18 steps. Super. Please leave. I want my coffee. I yeah. just want a black coffee. Yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, look, if you want to order this in the middle of the day when there's no one else waiting behind you, but when there's like eight people waiting behind you, it's just, you don't get to order a frap. Sorry. No. Oopsie. Now go to McDonald's and get a McFlurry. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. God, this thing looks disgusting. Good. It looks very bad. I know my sister sent me some stuff like makeup styles styled <laughs> on the unicorn frappuccino. They all look absurd. And again, I cannot tell if which came first, the chicken or the frappuccino, the unicorn frappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> but I really hope it was the frappuccino came first and the makeup styles came later. But these I pictures, don't feel good about it. These pictures that baristas have posted to Instagram and Twitter after making these drinks, it's just like everything is covered in pink glitter or powdered sugar or whatever the hell it is. Like your their hands are covered in it. The, the table is covered in it. Like, oh, God, it's got to suck. Yeah. It's got to suck so hard. Yeah. And I think our point that like everyone can be a basic bitch earlier, like <laughs> that's so important to the story because like. It's this is all the stupidest thing that's ever been produced. Like yeah. everyone who touches it is the worst. But you know what? Like everyone is talking about it, so it worked. Yeah. Like yeah. people aren't going to stop going to Starbucks because they created unicorn frappuccino. But literally everyone is talking about Starbucks. Yeah. Well, Michael, I think we're 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 getting close to our time. I wanted to bring up something because 
we've talked about this before. Um, I think, ep- you know, episode four, we might have talked about, like, really, really dumb products that exist in the world. Oh, yes. Bed Bath & Beyonce. One of my favorites. Yeah, it's a good one. Have you also, heard of... Also, Radiohead's OK Computers. OK They're, computers. like, not great. Uh, They're, like, that's, OK. That's the only good goof we've done. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, have you heard of Juicero? Oh, yes, I have. OK. So... Juicero is a Keurig-style company that uh, wants to sell you, the mm-hmm. consumer, yep, the savvy, budget-conscious consumer, a juicy machine <laughs> yep. where you can buy a pot of produce and it'll squeeze juice out of it for you. Yep. They wanted originally to charge you $700 for Ooh. this juicy machine, which is too much. Too much. How much, are the, how much are the pods? I'm not sure how much the pods are, but it doesn't matter because I'm about to get to that. <laughs> so they had a new CEO come in. He was like, no, no, no. $400 is too many dollars yeah. for a juicer. For a Wi-Fi enabled tabletop <laughs> juice machine. Because you definitely need you definitely need the juicer to be able to communicate with the internet and I'll your devices. I'll get to that too because holy shit, it's so stupid. So they got the price down to $400. Yeah. They started selling it. They started selling juice packets. How many and How many of these did they sell, do you think? I don't know about that because it turned out very quickly that people discovered that they could take the Juicero packets full of whatever and squeeze it themselves with their hands. <laughs> and while a Juicero machine took two minutes to fill a eight-ounce glass of juice, you could, with your hands... Fill a glass of juice in 90 seconds <laughs> from the pouch and get the same exact juice experience without the Wi-Fi, without the $400 juicing machine. Yeah, but how, how would you know when your juice was ready if your hands aren't connected to the internet? Because you have a full fucking glass <laughs> of juice. So they built this massive machine, which, like... To be but fair, couldn't you I, say that for literally any juicer? Like, there's lots of juicers out there. Couldn't you say that, like, if I just grab a handful of fucking fruit and I squeeze it, it's going to turn into juice? No, because, I mean, to be fair to other juicers out there, like, <laughs> there are actual things that go into, like, you take a full piece of juice, like, a full piece of fruit and vegetables, and you put it into it, and it, like, makes juice out of it. Like, that's legitimate. This was a pouch full of pre-juiced materials. <laughs> Was it pre-juiced or was it like full? F- so it was already juiced. You're just it's, squeezing it out of a it's, pouch. It's like a pre-pulped material that you would just that the machine would squeeze according to the company Juice Era with like a I think two thousand I think two tons of force from plate. Like and again, that's it's too much a, force. It's an exquisitely machined device. Like they had custom machining. They, like you'll appreciate this, Michael. It was like very custom CNC machining. Like there were like it's all custom built. But your hands work just as well, if not better, because it takes 90 seconds instead of two full minutes, and you get actual juice out of it. So it's pre-pulp material in the bag, and you can just squeeze the bag to get all your shit out of it. But, like, you could preload it, right? And then you could set your alarm, to, and you'd have juice when you were ready. You know, sometimes I don't have an extra minute and a half, Kush. Yeah, no, sometimes I know I just need my juice, and that's why I go to fucking Publix and buy a cart. I just need my juicy juice. I buy you a know? goddamn jug of OJ. I in the bet morning. they still sold like like a hundred thousand of these things to some just fucking bougie as hell people. So I don't know the sales numbers right now. I do know that this is one of the hottest investments in Silicon Valley. I think we've talked about a couple of these before. Just like the the type of things that Silicon Valley gets excited about. But this had like billions of dollars of investment in it, like from like. <laughs> Very well-respected VC funds, and it's the literal dumbest thing on the planet. <laughs> because also the the pouches, the juice pouches, I think have a shelf life of eight days. So you have to buy these pouches. They don't last very long. They and cost then, between five and seven dollars a piece. You can I, go to a to a juice bar. I can go to Smoothie King and get a smoothie for four dollars and just walk away and be oh very. Oh my gosh. This is great. So they're selling a four to seven dollar bag of juice that does not require their four hundred dollar <laughs> device to do it. 
but they want people to pay $400 for a Wi-Fi-enabled tabletop machine. And also, if you have the machine and you put in a a bag of juice that is expired more than the eight-day uh, time limit, because you have to order them from Juicero, get it, put it in your thing within eight days, and if you don't, the juicer will not use that bag of juice. So you would almost have to squeeze it with your hands, which would also be more efficient than squeezing it with your fucking $400 Wi-Fi-enabled juicer. But at that point, they've already got you. You've already right, spent the $400. You're bought into the, the ecosystem, for sure. <laughs> the Juicero ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, they received $120 million in startup venture capital which, in 2014. Wow. Which I have to be honest, again... If these assholes can get that much money for this, Michael, we can surely get a couple tens of billions of dollars for a Bible adventure VR experience. Yes. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Yes. We can we can put in all the inaccuracies you want because clearly your brain is full of them. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be a big deal. It's not my fault that they just reuse the Moses story for Jesus. No, there's, there are very clear and stark differences. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we will, we'll do the Bible Adventure VR game. Then we got the, uh, we're going to take the male contraceptive and start selling that as well. Yeah. The yeah. Trends in Low Places branded. We're just going to be, gonna be very with diverse. You. I mean, I, so, uh, one, uh, our friend Matt brought up a good point. So, we talked a little bit about the male contraceptive. I don't understand why there's no, like, pharmaceutical, like, push behind it. Like, yeah, we could, we could at least make, some good money off of this, but uh, he did make a good point that there's no reason for, say, Trojan to get behind it because, right. uh, you know, it, while birth control is super important and men should have a part in it, condoms also have a massive part in uh, preventing STDs, yep. which this would not would not cover for. Uh, so, you know, I feel like we there's a clear niche for us to just dive right into. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we could we could totally find our we'll we'll just eel right in there. Yeah. Find our niche. Yeah, and just chew right through your shit. Oh no, wait, wait, no. Oops. Nope. <laughs> bad. We did we did bad. I did bad. All right, Michael, I think we're coming up on time. Do you have one more fun, fun story for me? Yeah, I got I got a fun one. Um so they did a, a recent study in the UK as part of uh, an insurance company's like home report where they, they basically survey a bunch of people about like stuff they do around the house and tasks they do and stuff like that. And it turns out that 21% of people in the UK, adults in the UK, say that they would not be confident changing a light bulb. What? Yeah. Wait, adults. what? Yeah. This is the civilization that at one point conquered like one third of the world? Yes. What's weird, though, is that more people feel confident boiling an egg than changing a light bulb, where they would have to actually, like, cook with heat. God... <laughs> No wonder Brexit happened. What a pack of fucking idiots. <laughs> These are the fucking people. Yeah. Michael. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they did. I'll think of something. <laughs> I guess I guess it makes sense that more people know how to boil an egg because they they probably have to boil water for tea and they're probably like, well, I probably just do the same thing, but then just put an egg in it. Sure. So I guess yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But like, you know. It always amazes me that that when they have things like change light bulb or whatever, it, that it's not it's not higher. And so I was trying to find for reference, like what percentage of people in the United States can change a light bulb? I couldn't find that necessarily, but I did find another study about college aged people between the age of 18 and 25 and what they were not able to do. And apparently 30 percent of college age people cannot boil an egg. So you learn at some yeah. point how to boil an egg. So, Michael, I'll be honest. So, apparently, in 1802, a British man was the first person to make an incandescent light bulb <laughs> passing through a current from a battery. <laughs> these, are, these are these people. They're the first people to make a tin can telephone and a submarine. And they, they can't... They don't, know how to, they don't know how to make toast, either. That's the fucking British... The, it's 18 18% of 18% of people ages 18 to 25 do not know how to make toast. 18% is pretty low. 18% to make toast? Toast is literally like I have bread, I add to I add heat to it in some way and then it becomes fucking toast. 
Listen, I'm not saying they're not stupid, but 18 is not a like. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. If you if you ask every American on in the country, like, hey, can you make toast? I'm pretty sure 50 percent of them would just smoke meth. <laughs> <laughs> So, where did you where did you even get that meth from? <laughs> I had it. I don't know. Could I use this lighter to toast this bread very lightly? Sure, but I'd rather smoke this meth I already have. <laughs> What's toast? <laughs> I'm just if you know how to cook meth, then you probably know how to make toast. Yeah, but you're too busy <laughs> cooking <true>. the meth. <laughs> Michael, I've been reading through a list of British innovations, and I am increasingly upset that they cannot toast fucking bread. <laughs> 1884, the light switch is invented by John Holmes. 1885, the first commercially successful bicycle called the Rover by John Kemp Starley. But they can't change light bulbs, man. Yeah, clearly not. Tw- only 21% of people can't change a light bulb. They cracked the goddamn Enigma code. They beat <laughs> the fucking Nazis. They can't change a fucking light bulb. What's funny, though, is that is that um, adults in the UK, mm-hmm. only 37% of them feel confident changing a flat tire. But I'm- 37% feel comfortable changing a flat tire. But in the United States, 52% of teens know how to change a flat tire. I mean, it's the easiest thing in the world. Which is pretty bad, right? Thirty Only 37% would feel confident of all adults. Yeah, no, it's very bad. Yeah. This is what socialized medicine gets you, Michael. <laughs> Surprised you didn't know that. Also, <laughs> uh, Sir Tim Berners-Lee created HTML, so. Man, the English I, did a lot of stuff. No, they did, and they, they can't change a fucking tire. No wonder they left the EU. They're fucking morons. <laughs> They were the first people to clone a fucking sheep. Dolly. They cloned Dolly, for Christ's sake. Oh, Kush. Before we get to the point where you're like, Do you know like, they landed oh, on forgot. a comet for the first time? Do you know the Philae lander from the Rosetta spacecraft was British? I-, I didn't know that. Go on. Tell me about this giant dog, Kush. It's a giant fucking dog. I don't know. It's a seven-foot Brit- Great Dane. <laughs> Give me a second. Seven feet, like, when it stands up, or, like... Like a, like a horse. Give me a second. <laughs> I'm so mad. So pissed off. <laughs> British suck. Hey, Kush. Yep. If you had plans with someone that you really, really wanted to get out of, how, how far do you? How far would you go to make up an excuse to get out of that? Like, how badly would you lie? I feel like you're putting me on the spot here, and <laughs> I don't want to reveal my secrets. <laughs> would you fake a terror plot? <laughs> to get out of going on a trip with, with your girlfriend. <laughs> Wait, a trip with my girlfriend? Well, he had a wife as well, but he was having an affair with this woman who was his girlfriend. <laughs> um, and he created a uh, new no. email address. He used a new email address and he emailed airport authorities to tell them that he heard a group of men discussing a hijack plot. So they should probably close the airport. <laughs> yeah michael i I'll, I'll be honest i can't think of anything that i mean i one I, I don't think i'd get into that situation i don't think i would go to the, any lengths to i'm a very lazy man <laughs> a very lazy man i i cannot see myself but he didn't even like call in a bomb thread he was like i'm gonna I'm going to have a paper trail with this one. I'm going to create an email address, a, a separate email address, and I'm going to use my own home computer because they traced his, the origin of the email to his own IP address. So did he do the, hey, what's your secondary email address? Like when, like you create a Yahoo email. It's like, hey, where can we get in touch with you? Oh, Gmail? Great. And what's your, what's your phone number? Yeah. Uh, When's your birthday? What's your, your real full, name? Your full name and social security number. Well, it asked me for my name. Can't sign up for it without that. I gotta have it. Okay, well, yeah. Um, the worst part is it didn't even work. Uh, yeah, clearly. Like, they just, the, 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 the airport was like, okay, we'll keep an eye out. But, like, no flights were actually disrupted. So, he still had to go on this trip with his girlfriend. <laughs> 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 and then when he came back, he got arrested for... Fucking a fake bomb or a fake so hijacking. He, he called in the thing to cancel his own trip. Yeah, got through. 
Yeah. That had to like panic the entire time. Like, oh fuck, it didn't work. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm fucked. And then on the way back through, they're like, oh, P.S. Hope you had a nice trip. You're going to, you're going to Guantanamo. By the way, we, we trace this to your IP address. Well, not Guantanamo. I don't, I mean, it Whatever was in French uh, Guantanamo is. It was, <laughs> it was in India. So, I mean, you know, maybe they have a, a Guantanamo style place, but, uh, who knows? Well, Michael, here's the thing about this fucking dog. All right. Great Danes. They're pretty big dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what would you say if you met a Great Dane who stood seven feet and six inches tall from toe to, <laughs> toe to tip, seven foot six? If this dog could fucking dunk on you. That would be... I would try to ride it. Not yeah. Gonna, not going to lie. I mean, I try to most. I try to ride most Great Danes I see. Yeah. Uh, this guy, I would definitely do. So I, apparently the average Great Dane male weighs 190 pounds and stands at 33 inches tall at the shoulder. Okay. This fellow is more than two feet taller than that, that average dog and weighs in at over 200 pounds. Uh, by the way, this is sent in by our good friend, Lauren from Tampa. Uh, so sorry. It took me two full weeks to tell the story, <laughs> but it's a guy, gigantic fucking dog, Michael. So it's like it's literally seven inches tall. It's almost it's almost five feet tall at the shoulder to its shoulders. It's four and a half feet tall at the shoulder. Holy crap! You know that's a big ass dog. Yeah, yes, it's a massive dog. Uh, apparently, her grocery bills just for her the two dogs cost fifteen thousand dollars a year <laughs> because she feeds them apparently roast chicken and peanut butter on toast. What? Which is not a good dog diet, I have to say. Again, th- Michael, guess where Guess where this is from? What, uh, uh, Florida? No, it's the UK, because they're fucking morons. Oh. <laughs> when did the UK become Florida? Uh, apparently a very long time ago. Jesus. They're very dumb people. Yes. I'm going there in a month. <laughs> I'm very nervous. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. I might have to fight a Great Dane. Michael, I think I was going to do it for some traditional places. <laughs> <laughs> I know I say this a lot, particularly in the last like three episodes. This is the dumbest thing we've ever recorded. I I think that we provided a very valuable service, and everyone knows that you should not put a twenty inch eel up your bee hole to try and cure constipation, and that's really the most important part. Finally, finally, people know that exactly. Yeah. We related our spread our reach in Southeast Asia because apparently the word has not gotten out. <laughs> but if it does, don't shoot a witch doctor in his butthole 15 times. <laughs> At least try the eel thing first before you shoot a witch doctor in the beehole. But try a smaller eel, you know? Yeah, like a, a normal sized eel. Michael, I fucking love you, my friend. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, if you want to learn more about this show... You can check us out on uh, trendsinlowplaces.com, which will give you, will send you over to goodbuddymedia.com. And uh, you can uh, read some blog posts about this. But uh, I'll be honest, I haven't been good about sharing stuff lately. I will be better. But uh, Michael, how else can people help us out? Uh, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast apps um, iTunes, Podbean. Stitcher, um, whichever one you use, please rate us. Um, you know, share our posts on on Facebook when when me and Mike uh, post those on uh, Trends and Low Places uh, at TILP Cast for Facebook or on either one of our um, individual pages. Uh, you can also find us at TILP Cast on Twitter. Um, you know, retweet our posts there. Um, it's it's really cool that um, you know we've gotten so many listeners that are outside of our friend group, which is pretty amazing. And uh, that's due to all of you people sharing it um, and not being ashamed to be friends with us. <laughs> so we appreciate that and, uh, you know, keep doing it. Yeah. And I, I will say, um, we I know it's been, a, it's been a minute since our last episode, but uh, we do another show with our buddy Curtis that we break down every episode of, of 24. We're kind of in the middle of the, the first season. We should have another episode going live end of this week as well. Uh, that is called The Longest Days of Our Lives. You can find that on uh, longestdaysofourlives.podbean.com or on goodbuddyandmedia.com. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. We will always, uh, we will keep updating that. We've been kind of, uh, a little bit off due to life events, but uh, we're going to be back on track pretty soon. So please follow along on that. And I will say you don't have to love the show 24 to love that show because uh, it's just your good goofy boys. 
If so, you just uh, like uh, hearing Kush get really frustrated because me and Curtis cannot be kept in line at all, uh, you will enjoy this. Yeah. Also, if you love fucking Tom Hanks. Yes. Tom Hanks. National hero. Anyway, I think that's going to do it for us on Trends in Little Places. Everyone, thanks for joining us. Michael, it's good to see you, buddy. Love you. Love you, too. Toodles. 